You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. And what we smoking this week? Ah, uh, this week we have a TAA exclusive. Um, this uh, produced by the hands of Ernesto Perez Carrillo um, called The Villager. Are we going to be talking about The Village this episode? Because I like an M. Night Shyamalan film. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about a village, but not, you know, the village. Ah, Okay. So yes, we got this here Villager TAA exclusive for 2020 uh, with a Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, Nicaraguan binder and fillers from the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. A box pressed Toro. This uh, cigar, right off the bat, just lighting it, is almost how I like my hot sauce. A touch of sweet, but a touch of spice and all the things nice. I'm a spicy. <laughs> I mean, it's not over. I mean, it's got a great balance. I would say that, you know, maybe a touch more spiced than sweet, but it's definitely making for a interesting uh, combination. And, dude, I had a Diablo before this, and the flavor is definitely coming through. Yeah, sometimes we, uh, we smoke those powerhouse cigars on a podcast day, and it's like, oh... This cigar must be a mild because I can't taste shit because <laughs> I've already burned out my taste buds. So if something can can you know uh, power through the uh, the haze that we've induced in our our taste buds, you know it's got some good flavor. But it's a medium cigar, dude. Like this is not a full bodied smoke. This is this is quite nice. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's, you know, all of the uh, Nicaraguan tobaccos, but, you know, maybe the, Nicaragua. you know, the, <laughs> you know, what was it? The Ecuadorian? Yes. Maybe that's, you know, bringing, Ecuadorian Sumatra. bringing some of that sweetness. Yeah, I do like occasional uh, Sumatra wrapper. They, they do give you an interesting flavor profile. And I don't know, most of the Sumatra I've seen... A little bit darker than this, so I mean, this is a nice, like, leathery brown. It's, I haven't had this particular cigar yet, but it's. Uh, I mean, dude, the, it's the starting con- out nice. Construction of it's wonderful, I, and it's not a bad price cigar. I mean, this is one of those that starts out as a ten dollars stick and very quickly becomes fifteen. <laughs> yeah, it seems like anything that like uh, is a. a New and good, uh, surprising cigar. Then it's like, oh, everyone figured out how good it is. Let's jack up the price now because <laughs> it's in demand. Yeah, we'll just have to wait on the uh, cigar aficionado review. That that <laughs> typically does it, you know. Yeah, as soon as that comes out, then it's like, oh crap! It's like now I can't find it, and it's worth it's priced twice what it was before. <laughs> so the reason why we thought the villager would go with this episode is because we we're talking about. The first of the Marvel Disney Plus series, a.k.a. WandaVision. Crap, I thought we were just talking about sitcoms. Yeah, we were talking about a small town in Westview, or 
Yeah, Westview. It was Westview. I was going to say it was Eastview or Westview. I can't remember. (laughs) Oh, boy. No, Eastview, you don't want to go there, man. They're not living in bliss and harmony. It's all bad. (laughs) Westview is where it's at. I mean, you know, the quintessential nuclear American family. I felt like I was watching something straight out of, you know, Fallout before the uh, nuclear blast. (laughs) Oh. And if you're going to be trapped in June, Jersey, you should call in the Strike Force. StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNerds for 20% off your order. You know, if you're trapped in an alternate reality, it'll give you that extra energy need to, to keep playing along and not getting your mind melted by Wait, witchcraft. Was that Jersey? Yes. Ah, that's why I didn't understand it. It's a Jersey thing. <laughs> and on to the main segment. Like we said previously, we are now talking about WandaVision, so if you've not seen it, spoilers ahead, laddies! Yes, and if you have not seen it, I do advise you to check it out, because it's uh, very interesting and quirky and just... um, Once the action starts... It's uh, it's pretty balls to the wall as well. So uh, yeah, that's what I got to say about it. if you're expecting a traditional Marvel outing, it's definitely something different. It's by the end of it, you get that Marvel superhero action, but it starts off very sitcommy. And I got to say, if if you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. But Give yourself three episodes before you decide if you want to, if you like it or not, because the Disney model of one episode a week, instead of dropping the whole thing where I can like power through, there was a lot of people that were like, this show is weird as shit and I don't understand what's going on. And you know, some people may not have stuck with it, but if now everything's out, you can go through and power the whole thing. But yeah, the first three episodes are weird as shit and they have no explanation for what's going on until episode four. So just keep an open mind for those first three episodes, and then the story starts to make sense as it <laughs> gets into episode four. Does it? Does yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that, you have been forewarned. I have a vision. <laughs> Which vision? Dead vision or uh, ghost vision? <laughs> uh I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. I was seeing double vision there for a while. <laughs> God. Double vision. Ah, <laughs> oh, the horrible puns. Ah, uh, yeah. So the show starts off black and white in like a sitcom setting. Dude, it was I Love Lucy. Yeah, this thing is like each episode, and they explain kind of why this is. But like, yeah, each episode is like 
represents a different era of sitcom styling. So like first episode's probably set in the fifties. Uh, I love Lucy type or uh, what was the other one that was her, her favorite uh, Dick Van Dyke show kind of era. And then the next one, they kind of, they, they jumped to like more sixties uh, bewitched style. And then yes. it like, then it kind of, it finally jumps into like the seventies and it's more uh freaking Brady bunch stylings and then eventually we get to like the 80s and 90s like Malcolm in the Middle style where everyone's talking to the camera and then finally like the last couple episodes it's more like uh whatever modern family <laughs> so you get the whole gambit of classic sitcom stylings and even most episodes are in that sitcom 30 oh, yeah. minute time range until you know it doesn't start getting longer episodes until Toward the end, when we start getting I mean, into like I, you know some what? of the action, it was shit. almost refreshing, you know, because it took us back to a simpler time, literally. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was cool with the laugh tracks and everything else inserted, and you know, I mean, it was just, dude, that was classic American television. Yeah, and I liked how each episode had a uh, like a TV show intro. Like they, they they literally writ written wrote wrote a different theme song. The fuck is a rotin? I don't know. <laughs> it's like a rodent. <laughs> but yeah, they literally did an opening sequence to a TV show with a different theme song for each era of TV, and even Wanda, had quit playing with the mics. <laughs> even had credits for the fake TV show before the actual TV show credits played. <laughs> I was like, there's. It was kind of just a cool detail to it all. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and some of those songs were damn catchy. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, it, that used to be the thing, man. Like TV shows, the the intros are so memorable that you know. I mean, twenty years later, and we still remember the words. Well, that's like the uh, the one that's kind of taken the internet by storm. I, I've seen a bunch of remix of it. Is the it was Agatha all along song where just straight up the monsters theme, pretty much. Yes, <laughs> it's Agatha. Do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, is that did they just just straight remix the freaking monsters theme song? I mean, it is appropriate because she is kind of a monster, not to be confused with cheese. But <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Uh, but yeah, this whole them being in a TV reality, they do not explain for the first three episodes. You just have to be on board with the fact that you are now in a sitcom. And with little hints of like, because like, you know, the last we saw Vision, he was killed by Thanos. So it's like, all right, Vision's back. Wanda's there. They're in some kind of 50s TV show. Is this just... Some kind of stylized, yeah, like you think it's a, you know, basically a prequel of events, right? Yeah, Maybe or some or... kind of like just alternate, uh, like a like a Marvel What If series, like something that's not in the canon. It's just like, hey, we're going to do this thing, but then you keep seeing hints of like, this is some kind of alternate reality, and are they trapped in there? Who's the bad guy? And then finally, when you get to episode four, you find out that the town of Westview is literally like a real town that is trapped in this magic bubble where inside the magic bubble, it's whatever decade of sitcom that <laughs> they're playing that week. Well, and I think 
maybe even episode three, because is it episode three where they, you know, breach the sewer and you just see the guy come out at the end and Wanda's like, no, you know, and you see the events we yeah. wind and, you know, at that that's your first inkling that things may not be as they appear. And earlier on you have the, uh, someone talking to Wanda through the, the radio and like the weird jump cuts where things like kind of change. And then once you get into where it finally shows what's going on outside of the bubble or the hex as they're calling it. And it kind of goes through those first three episodes again, showing what was happening outside during those three episodes. And you find out the, I guess the bubble is sending out like a TV signal and they're able to tune it in with like old school, like tube TVs and monitor what's going on. Like, okay, we're, we're in the digital area now era now nobody is using analog uhf signals anymore so (laughs) let me go back to this you know old technology that modern you know instruments aren't going to pick up on so you know i thought it was kind of funny where it's like i need a tv but one of those really old ones you know not not flat flat. (laughs) yeah i'm like damn it (laughs) it's like where would you even find that (laughs) is there a goodwill in this town But, I mean, sometimes you still need the old TVs, because I'll tell you, trying to play Atari and, you know, some of the old game systems on modern televisions that weren't designed for widescreen um, <laughs> yeah. does not work well. It's like, how do we deal with this technology? Like, we don't understand the inputs that are coming in. <laughs> oh, yeah, going from, like, Atari to PlayStation, it's like, let me get out that, uh, go from that, yeah computer to an abacus <laughs> and see if we can make sense of this. Which I did like, uh, speaking of classic video games, there's one episode where, and we're kind of jumping all around, where Wanda releases a shitload of magic, and there's kind of a glitch in the Matrix, so things keep changing time frames. And so her kids are playing, trying to play video games on the couch, and they're playing like Xbox or whatever, and it keeps changing. So it goes from like Xbox to like, GameCube controller and then Atari controller and then finally just like an Uno deck and the kids are like, the fuck? <laughs> Mom, there's something wrong with the game. <laughs> Mom's taking a day off, kids. <laughs> and she's like, even her, she's like trying to make like cereal and like the milk jug keeps changing decades. And finally she's like, after she pours, she's like sniffs it. It's like, eh, it still smells good. So even though it just aged 30 years while I was sitting here looking at it. <laughs> it's still good. It's still good. Dude, it's pasteurized. It's okay. <laughs> so even to them inside the bubble, it's their reality. But the signal that's coming out from the bubble, it's been turned into a TV show. And they're actually editing it. You know, so it's like the people who think they're seeing what's going on in the town are kind of getting a stylized version of <laughs> a legit I mean, TV I... show version of what's of reality. Yeah, I mean, you know, basically Wanda gets to control, you know, the events as they happen. Um, But, you know, they say that, you know, the pathway, you know, to good is paved in hell and whatnot. (laughs) And apparently, you know, the happy, quintessential, all-American town is not so happy. There is turmoil afoot. Yeah, like I said, starting off, there's that mystery of like, all right, are they trapped in this? Who's actually running this thing? And then you find out that, you know, Wanda isn't kind of, isn't the good guy. She's, she's the one who has 
basically when Vision died in Age of Ultron, or not Age of Ultron, uh, Infinity War, she lost her shit. And <laughs> just having this emotional break, she created this reality bubble where everything is fine and Vision's not dead and I'm going to keep these people safe because I have a love of classic sitcoms, so... I'm going to live in those sitcoms where nothing bad ever happens. Or if something does happen, you can fix it in an episode and have a little, you know, moral of the story at the end. Like, we'll just edit that out. Yeah. We'll, we'll take care of that in post. <laughs> I feel like we've done the same thing. But it like, you know, even though they don't really explain everything until they kind of go back with that uh, fourth episode, the little hints that they drop in that they're like, like literally the, the first two episodes I watched, I didn't sleep that night. Cause I was sitting there like, the fuck did I was it like my brain is just trying to like comprehend the process shit that I what had seen. you've seen and it's like hey we're finally getting something new from Mark wait what is this <laughs> this is different but it's familiar for other reasons yeah it's like yeah you know, if you're I mean even like the stuff from the fifties and sixties that I didn't watch when they were going on when I was a kid we had Nick at Night that played all those old like black and white sitcoms and stuff so it's like. I've seen Dick Van Dyke and I Love Lucy. I mean, this is how I know we're old now, because if you watch Nick at Night now, it's playing shit from the 90s. But <laughs> but in the 90s, they were playing shit from the 50s. <laughs> so it's like, oh, yeah, the stuff that we saw as kids is now considered classic, because we're old as fuck. <laughs> or at least I am. Yeah, you're old. You hit 40 yet? <laughs> I'm not there yet. See, like I'm about to turn 42 next week. I'm old as fuck. Yeah, you're the age of dirt. But you still have hair, so good on you. <laughs> uh, and my dick still works. <laughs> Gotta look at the bright side. I need glasses to see the red dot on my rifle now, but... <laughs> most everything else still works. I thought you lost that in a tragic boating accident. Uh, yeah, because I didn't have my glasses at the time. I couldn't see. I dropped the things in the, in the ocean. It's like, man... How'd the ocean acquire all these weapons? <laughs> the Navy storage facility, the that's bottom of be, the ocean. That's going to be the next uh, freaking Aquaman movie. Like all these A Atlanteans, like, you know, roll up on the beach carrying like AKs and, and, and ARs. But what happened? Like, dude, people who toss these in the ocean. We're just going to make them work. <laughs> We've modified them. <laughs> they to shoot use water now. Aqua bullets. They are now water guns. Literally water guns. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm on a roll, and it's terrible. We should definitely get off of it. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about our first, our first three episodes before they started actually revealing what the fuck is going on in this weird ass town. I like the, uh, <laughs> you know, because this version of vision that's in the reality has kind of had his mind wiped. I guess he knows who he is, but he doesn't remember anything outside of the town before he got there. And he's slowly starting to like realize the people in this town are acting weird. But Paul Bittany is a great actor. Him playing the, the sitcom vert wacky sitcom version of vision before he starts kind of remembering who he is and figuring out there's like a mystery afoot. Just like <laughs> the typical sitcom wacky dad. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, it just works. 
And like he works I, I don't some... know. I mean, I just love the fact that, you know, literally our first episode is based on why is there a heart on the calendar for this day? Like, yeah. I mean, because that's something that we're all guilty of. Like, hey, put that on the calendar for six months out. And by the time it rolls around, it's like, what is this thing for? Yeah, there's all like, oh, it's totally uh... our anniversary. Yeah, yeah, our... it's our anniversary. <laughs> Wait, what's an anniversary? Yeah. I don't remember. <coughs> Here, let me make some magical, uh, some magical rings, because <coughs> uh, I don't. Yeah, so yeah, it's got that whole the classic sitcom trope of uh, kind of mixed signals of you know he realizes it's dinner with his boss, Mister Hart, and she still thinks like. It, neither one of them want to admit that they don't remember it's their anniversary, so she's prepping for this <laughs> big but anniversary is it party. Their anniversary, or was it like, oh, Wanda, it must be your anniversary. You've got to, you know, that must be it. You know, oh, yeah. It, I'm like, I didn't forget it. No, no, yeah, it's, yeah. There's both. I'm like, not willing to. <laughs> and I like he works for the like you know company, but but in typical sitcom fashion, there's like no expl- explanation of what they actually do. And it's some kind of like computational shit. <laughs> and I like is like, you know, your know, partner's like, well, what do we do here? We compute stuff. He's like, do we make things? No. Do we sell things? No. But we work these numbers. <laughs> and he's like typing the shit really fast. He's like, man, you're almost like a computer. And he's like, no, no, I'm not. I am definitely not a computer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, it was the little things like that that just brought a lightheartedness and everything. And- you know, honestly, I think a lighthearted approach was absolutely needed after we had the blip. Yeah. And, I mean, the whole you know, series and ultimately it's... is about coping with the loss and tragedy and got super, I don't want to say dark, but like emotionally heavy toward the end. So it's like... That light hardness up front just kind of didn't prepare you for like the, yeah, the like, shit that's coming down the pipe. It's like, like, oh, this is like a happy comedy show. Oh no, it's gonna get drama. <laughs> but and I mean, then they would be like, I said, you would take some like really dark shit, and then the very next episode, we're back to like comedy shit, and it's like, oh, and you just kind of give you a little, little, little break, a little relief. I mean, I think it just it did something to add to the dynamic of this series, and uh, I don't know. I mean, it it far exceeded my expectations. You know, my only thing is um, probably should have, you know, watched uh, you know Infinity War again, probably Captain Marvel. And got myself more up to speed because we had like a two year break, so like there was, yeah. like, not only are they having memory gaps and stuff in the the you know episodes, I myself am having memory <laughs> gaps and being like, the fuck happened and why did it happen and you know let yeah, me was... pause this episode because I gotta go back and refresh my memory. Yeah, because the problem like you know with with COVID shutting down everything and theaters being closed, we've not had any Marvel stuff for a while, and also. All this shit was advertised when Disney Plus was, like, supposed to, like, launch. And none of this stuff came out at launch. So we've been waiting two years for this thing that was tased, like, day one of Disney Plus. Like, hey, we're up. We got the things. But, hey, all those cool shows we told you about when we were launching Disney Plus, yeah, we ain't done with that shit. You're going to have to wait, like, another two years before <laughs> before you actually get it. 
Let us finish this Mandalorian thing, and then we'll <laughs> we'll give you like a couple months worth of Marvel. But I mean, it, it ended up being worth the wait. It was like I said, it was very different, and then kind of, I guess, comes back to more traditional MCU stuff later on. And you, know, like you said, if you haven't watched. Uh, Captain Marvel, there's like a huge tie into that, so you should probably watch some Captain Marvel, because one of the, the new characters that have added to the mix is someone from Captain Marvel, uh, Captain Maria Rambo, who is basically, there is a replacement for S.H.I.E.L.D., because S.H.I.E.L.D. is kind of no more in the MCU, uh, uh, and we got some teases of that at the end of uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, or where Nick Fury's doing shit in space with some scrolls. Uh, a new organization has been started called Sword, which is Sentient Weapons Observation and Response Division. <laughs> I mean, but dude, if you're gonna go into battle, best to have a shield and a sword. <laughs> yeah, where you know Shield was uh, pretty much Homeland Security. Sword is supposedly concentrated more uh, on intergalactic threats. And if you've watched Captain Marvel. Uh, Captain Marvel's wingman friend, uh, uh, the original Captain Rambo, uh, she apparently is the one who started S.W.O.R.D. and the her young daughter in Captain Marvel, since that was set in the 80s, she is now all grown up and is working for S.W.O.R.D. and is sent to kind of investigate this anomaly in Jersey. And then we also get... Uh, Wait, it's Jersey. Isn't that an anomaly in itself? <laughs> Oh, and she I mean, ends up I'm getting, just saying. getting sucked in and becomes a character in the show for a little while. But yeah, apparently she was, I mean, that's probably the, like one of the, speaking of like the themes of like grief and coping and grief, like her story too is pretty tragic because she got blipped out while her mom was in the hospital recovering from cancer. So she comes back five years later in the hospital and her mom's gone. She founds out that. Not only has she been gone for five years, her mom died two years ago. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, basically, it's almost like, uh, you know what? She's like, no, I I fell asleep. It's been 20 minutes. What are you talking about? You know, so I, I, I kind of like some of the chaos and the confusion aspect of things. Yeah, because one thing we didn't really see in uh, Endgame is, like, when they brought everyone back, the kind of mass confusion that caused when everyone kind of reappeared. So yeah, showing us a little bit of what was happening in the civilian world, uh, during that, that, uh, rebirth <laughs> was, was kind of, a, you know, filling in some blank spots in the story. So yeah. And then we also get, uh, Jimmy Wu, uh, FBI agent who's investigating the, uh, the anomaly and calls in sword for assistance. And I, I like the details to his character. Cause the first time we saw him, he was basically Ant-Man's probation officer. He was, uh, you know, FBI, you know, serving, um, Ant-Man's house arrest sentence. And I, I love that detail because there's, if you've seen like Ant-Man in the wasp, he learns magic to, you know, to entertain his kids since he's stuck at home, can't do anything. And he shows some magic tricks to Jimmy, and he's like, dude, seriously, how did you do that? And then later on, you see him, like, watching magic videos on YouTube. So when you first get to introduce to him in this, like, when he goes to pull out his business card, he just makes it, like, appear out of thin air. I'm like, oh, 
Homeboy's been practicing his magic. <laughs> and, you know, he can, like, get out of handcuffs and <laughs> do I mean, I, I think of all the characters that were introduced, if he doesn't get his own series somehow, like, can we, can we get Marvel X-Files? I mean, I know the internet's been talking about it, but... Yeah, just, like, have him, you know, investigating weird crimes in the, uh, in the Marvel Universe... And with it, and Darcy has to be his his uh, partner because we also got uh, uh, Darcy from from the Thor movies, who was uh, Jane Foster's grad student. Now she's a doctor of her, an astrophysicist doctor in her own right, and she's kind of one of the the because uh, like Sword has no idea what it's dealing with, so basically it's called in all kind of experts in different fields, and she's the one that discovers the TV broadcast. And Cat Denning is hilarious in anything. Like I, 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 I love uh, just about anything with her. And I like that when when they start kind of figuring out Sword is is running its own agenda, and he's like, "Do you work for me? Are you even supposed to be here?" And Rambo's like, "Oh no, she's with me." Oh great! So which one to use the wacky sidekick? Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, you, you always got to have a good wacky sidekick. I uh, I don't know. I just enjoyed everything about this series so far. Oh, and then the because uh, every every show has like that the the special episode where they deal with something that's not funny, and in this one they have the kids find a dog and the dog dies and they have to learn about death. <laughs> and they're like, "Come on, you brought Dad back." It's like, no, it's different. Like you can't undead people it's it's not there are rules yeah you know and i i don't know you know like just the whole like kid aspect of things like holy shit you went from being like six months pregnant overnight to having kids to them being 10 years old and like the span of 20 minutes <laughs> which watch enough uh tv shows like Hey, we we had a kid. Yeah, the, the the next season rolled around. The you know, they don't want to deal with a baby actor, so there's like you know a five year old on set. <laughs> Damn, you grew up over the summer. <laughs> You're growing like a weed. <laughs> That's also funny. That it's know, a Jersey thing. You wouldn't understand. Yeah, you know, it, it's Elizabeth you know Olsen whose you know sisters are famously growing grew up on a uh, <laughs> an actual sitcom. So it's kind of it's kind of funny that yeah you know, she's the one stuck in in sitcom reality. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just there was such an awesome uh, balance between the lightheartedness and then just that dramatic shift to oh we're we're no longer light and funny. We just got dark and heavy. <laughs> and I, I do like when she. Uh... Because we, the story sword is is playing. She's he's like, here's this video. See before this happened, yeah. Because they're trying to really make Wanda look like the bad guy, and uh, yeah, they're like, oh, she broke into Sword headquarters and stole stole uh, Vision's body. Which later on we find out that that's a bullshit cover story. Uh, so they're like, oh, she's the one that's in control of this. And they come with because anything who passes through the barrier changes to whatever the fit the time frame. So they're like, all right, it's the '80s. 
let's get an eighties model drone and send it in there. So it doesn't get yeah, changed. Cause, Cause they were like, what if we send in something that doesn't require change? And, but then again, like you got to pass through the energy field, like <laughs> just passing through the energy field. Will that not well, screw they, with you just in itself? I mean, I mean, well, they said sent several drones through, but they kept, like crashing and not, but I guess since they, you know, like the one first drone turned into a, turned into a helicopter, a little toy helicopter. Uh, but yeah, that, and also when it shows like the first time around, it shows, uh, Geraldine, who's, uh, Monica's character in the, in the hex, like start mentioning, you know, stuff from age of Ultron. And, and then she's like, I think it's time for you to leave. And just like, there's a jump cut and you don't see what happens. And she gets chunked out of the, out of the matrix. Uh, but when it shows like what actually happened, she's like, Oh, Wanda's like, that's when, that's when you're like, Oh shit. Wanda's actually running this. She's, she may be the bad guy. Cause she literally like just magics her ass <laughs> out the fucking city. <laughs> be gone, bitch. <laughs> and I said, good day. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you get that. Uh, was it the, uh, you know, the whole story of her supposedly, uh, stealing the body and like so we'll get into what actually happened later but yeah them starting to think figure out that you know swords up to shenanigans so when monica sends the drone in trying to communicate because she's like the only one that like she's like i felt her pain it's the same pain i have from losing my mother so i understand her like you know if she's the one who created all this she's going to have to be the solution we can't we don't know what will happen to these people if we kill her they stuck a bomb on her her freaking drone and, you know, as soon as she gets in, like, all right, fire. It's like, what? You know, and when she comes out of the Matrix dragging the freaking drone, and I like how it's like when she's in the hex, she has her uh, American sitcom voice. And then as soon as she steps out into the reality, it's back to that kind of Sokovian, like, <laughs> lightly Russian accent she <laughs> she does when, when she's, uh, you know, back in the real world. And it goes from her whatever dress to like her Avengers, her first Avengers outfit. Yeah, no, I thought that was kind of cool when she steps out and it's like, uh, I've got all the guns. Like, yep, you're right. You're the ones with the guns. It, you know, everybody like, just turns, you know, it's like yeah. at the director. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> She's like, I brought your toy back. She's like, St- leave me alone, you know. Yeah, everybody's safe. Leave me alone. Like you're holding a whole townhouse. He's like, "Oh, I am. You're the ones with the guns." Like snapping, they're all like, "You know, mind fucks them," and then walks back into the into the thing. But then we get our uh, our special Halloween episode, which I thought was funny because their Halloween costumes are their original comic book costumes. Like she's in the like Scarlet, or like kind of a Walmart knockoff of the actual Scarlet Witch costume from the comic. She's like, oh, I'm a Sokovian uh, fortune teller. And Vision is dressed like Vision in the comics. And he's like, yeah, I know you got a thing for Mexican wrestlers. <laughs> he's like, this is my uh, my Mexican wrestler outfit. <laughs> but you also get, they bring in supposedly her dead brother. Because like she's like, wait Bet a minute, throw. I I control everything in here. Why is stuff starting to happen that I don't control? But the mind fuck of it all is they bring in the actor who played Quicksilver in the X Men universe, <laughs> and even the people watching outside is like, dude, she just recast her brother. This so, is like the whole time we're like, 
uh, is this how we're getting the X-Men and the MCU now that they, they own, uh, <laughs> own Fox? So who's the biggest, you know, timeline fucker upper? Is it now Wanda or does Barry still hold the title? <laughs> damn it, Barry. <laughs> but now damn it, Wanda. <laughs> Any, I mean, you know, gender equality and what? Yeah. And he plays like the perfect, like loser sitcom brother that shows up and like, you know, causes well uh, i mean he was perfect for this whole malcolm in the middle style feel you know yeah. for the episode so i mean you know but you know i also like this episode because you know it's at this point that vision is starting to figure out that things aren't exactly what they see and has the ability to un you know influence wanda from certain individuals so yeah when he kind of you know, starts opening people's minds and they're like Oh God! You got to stop her. Call, call my wife. Call my wife. Like, you know, and yeah, and it's like so much. He's like, puts them back in the matrix because he's just like, dude, this person's fucked up. <laughs> you know, I, like it's it's more cruel to like let them be awake until I can figure out what the fuck's going on. And Darcy figures out that Sword is some is tracking Vision, and they've got some kind of plan for Vision. And when he steps outside the matrix uh the hex whatever you know trying he's like you know runs into to agnes which is their their nosy neighbor and i like cool because it, it, that episode got creepy as shit too because he tells wanda he's gonna go on he's part of the neighborhood watch he's gonna go patrol for shenanigans and he just starts kind of walking to the edge of the town and the stuff that's happening farther out from wanda's direct influence like people are just kind of like stuck it's kind of like a video game like shit's not rendered until you actually see it so there's kind of like just stuck waiting for somebody to tell them what to do and he's just like the fuck is all with all these zombie motherfuckers out here and he runs into agnes and he's like i got lost like in the town you grew up in yeah i don't know where i'm going and and uh he wakes her up and she's like oh my god you're the vision you're an avenger are you here to save us he's like yes i'm i will i will help everyone but what the hell is an Avenger? Yeah, so you like realize he, he he knows he's Vision, but he has no clue of what what his actual and, role. And, yeah, you know, never heard of the Avengers or whatnot. And he's finally like, all right, I'm going outside this town and see what the fuck's going on. And he steps outside the hex and runs into the sword guys and is all and just starts falling apart. Like we find out that he is like the the spell is what's keeping him alive, and he just kind of starts disintegrating when he tries to step outside the town, but even though he's dying, he's like, you've got to help them. You've got to stop free these people. Like, yeah. And he's, even though he doesn't know he's Avenger, he's definitely still acting as a hero. Yeah. And then, I don't know. I mean, that was kind of wild, you know, where, you know, Wanda's basically forced to expand the wall to try to save them and stuff too. And it's like, Oh, Westview now just become, you know, East Westview. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when she, uh, you know, the kids uh, have developed powers as well. Like, one of them's got, you know, kind of quicksilver speed, and the other one's, I mean, he's kind of like an empath. He's got some kind of kind of version of her powers, but he, he can hear Vision's pain, and is like, Mom, Dad's in trouble. So she just goes, like, fucking super sad, and, like, expands the borders to get him back inside the, the simulation. But I like it, but it, like, washes over the 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 field sword field base it yeah. turns them all into clowns That's and it's like, like a, a circus yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like 
Because she, I think earlier, called them all a bunch of clowns or something. And it's like, they're all, she's like, you are all now clowns. <laughs> and even when it like sweeps across that, when they're trying to, you know, Haywood, the guy who runs the uh, uh, sword, they're all fleeing the, the wave and it crosses over that car lot and all the cars change to like whatever, I think it was the eighties at that time in the, <laughs> in the matrix. <laughs> and so I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Everything just kind of, you see it all changing to fit the time zone as it, yeah, as it I thought it was across. a very cool effect, you know, where you can see the progression of things. And what about that episode where we kind of skipped over it where she's pregnant and the pregnancy is fucking with her powers and all kind of weird shit keeps happening. Very much like something you would see in a, you know, freaking bewitched. Like, <laughs> the... or when you live with somebody that's pregnant, <laughs> it's like, shit's getting weird. There's pickles and mayonnaise and ice cream. I don't understand. That stork, uh, uh painting just turned into a real stork. <laughs> you keep trying to make it disappear. And it's like, Nope. <laughs> uh. An old Agnes, you know, her the the wacky neighbor. I can't believe anybody's doing this sober. <laughs> I mean she she plays a perfect wacky sitcom neighbor. Or like and no matter what era they're in, she is like that. Yeah, perfect. but even Catherine like, Vaughn is great. You know, but even after the reveal, you know, that uh, she isn't the quite-so-innocent, nosy neighbor, um, dude, that, I thought her acting there was just as well. I mean, just Yeah, like, very just going from that talented. wackiness to, like, oh, I'm a freaking 200-year-old witch. Like, and, uh, yeah, because it's like, you know, after that episode where... Because uh, whatever Darcy gets sucked into the into the Matrix because she's handcuffed to a car, so she's in the circus too, but she's an escape artist. <laughs> and you know, Vision frees her mind because he th- she thinks he's hitting on her, and he's like, "What the hell's g- going on? We I saw you outside last night." And she's like, "All right, let me give you the rundown of like what has happened in the MCU." And the, she's like, "So I died, yes, but then the bad guy rewound it and killed you, so I died twice." Yeah, so am I back now? Like, ah, uh, we don't know what the fuck's going on, bro. <laughs> this is all I can tell you. <laughs> but yeah, that, him filling him in on of like his actual history and what's actually going on is was you know you, you need that uh, whatever expo exposition of like, all right, bro, here's what's going on. <laughs> Let me catch you up and catch up the audience as well if they're not uh, familiar with uh, what the hell's going on. Here. I appreciated that. Yeah. It was needed. Like I said, like there were just too long of a time period for it to all still be fresh in the brain. And them still in the car and trying to go back to Vision's house, but the reality keeps like trying to, you know, the like first there's there's road construction and then there's kids crossing the on the road. Then it's a storm and he's like, wait a minute, why the hell am I sitting in this van? I can fly. <laughs> I'm sitting here and wasted far too much time. Like, why am I talking to you people? Why am I sitting in this van? I'm just going to fly home. <laughs> See you when you get here. Oh. I I very much appreciated the kind of the fourth wall uh, breaking, you know. I mean, a little trope to, uh, you know, the ultimate fourth wall breaker, uh, Deadpool, but... Yeah. But yeah, at the, the episode where... Uh, yeah, you know, she's like it's 
kind of like Modern Family, and she's taking a day off, and the kids go to play at Agnes's house, and Monica tries to build some kind of like freaking Mars rover tank and get back into the into the Matrix, and it tank gets turned half into it like a freaking Nissan van looked like, and but then she's like, I I feel I have the power, I can just walk through this, because we find out that you know passing through the thing and actually done something to her DNA and somehow turned her in the exposure, turned her into some kind of superhero that can kind of see electrical fields and see kind of the matrix code. (laughs) So she doesn't get warped uh, the second time around, but yo, she tries to like confront Wanda and tell her, Hey, you know, sword is up to something. They want vision. You've got to stop them, but she still doesn't, doesn't trust her. Cause she's like, you're just one of those sword guys and goes over to Agnes's house and gets a reveal. Like, wait a minute. Agnes has this whole like cool magic basement thing and where's my kids? And she's like, Oh, Hey, by the way, I'm Agatha Harkness. I'm, you know, a witch from the Salem witch trials and I've been alive for 200 years. And how the fuck are you doing all this shit, man? Cause I've been studying magic for 200 years and you just like snapped a, a town into reality. Like I want your power. You need to explain to me how you got this power. But yeah, that, like you said, that revealed when she goes from being the, the wacky neighbor to, Hey, I'm, I'm at the actual bad guy here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause I, th- Dude, that's such a stark and you get that snappy diff- theme song. Yeah, different. Where it goes back and shows where she's been like fucking with shit the whole time. Because up to that point, you're like, oh, freaking Wanda is the bad guy, and they're like, oh no, you know, she kind of did this out of out of grief, but this is the actual. <laughs> well, I bad mean, guy. you know, now that I remember, you or know, or different the, degrees of bad the. Uh... Guy. <laughs> The path to hell is paved with good intentions. There you go. There we go. Ah, I knew it would come to me eventually. Because <laughs> you even have that point later on where, where uh, you know, Agatha's yeah, is trying to tell her that no, you are you're not a good guy, and she wakes everyone up from the from the curse, and they're all like, she's you know, please let us go, let our families go, you know, and she's like, no, no, y'all are safe here, y'all are better. I've made this world perfect, and she's like, they're like, no. When you let us sleep, we see your your nightmares. Like we feel your pain. You know, it's like you're you're freaking torturing us. And you know, the one lady's like, if you won't let us go, at least let us die. And it's like, oh shit, that's <laughs> that's some uh, some uh, scary shit. It's like, oh uh, damn, maybe my perfect world I built isn't exactly perfect after all, and I'm actually hurting these people. Yeah, I don't know, you know, I mean, that is just kind of crazy, you know, like, once they get, you know, all sort of removed from her influence, and it's like, yeah, and from there, it stays dark, like, it's like, there's there's no silver lining on this cloud. Uh, but the episode before that, because all that, that's kind of in the final episode. No, it's not. <laughs> when, when she... Ends up in in Agatha's basement, and she's like, "Oh, don't you notice the runes on the wall? And, you know, runes make basically a magical dead zone, and only the witch who casts them can use their magic in a given space." So, like, she's like, "That's kind of basic magic. You should have learned this by now. How are you having all this power without being trained in in witchcraft? Because even Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme, had to like you know do some research and shit before he." <laughs> He got all. Wizardy. I mean, he had a whole library. Yeah, and she introduces her to the Darkhold. Anybody who was a fans of those uh, 
uh, whatever, uh, Ghost Rider episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. have seen the Darkhold before. She's like, oh yeah, this, there's a whole chapter of this, ab- uh, about you in this, because you're, you know, to, you know, uh, Destined to basically destroy the world. Yeah, because you are, you are the Scarlet Witch. It's a witch that's forged, not born, and she can create out of thin air, and, like, you, you so then, it, like, she's like, all right, I need to see how you got here and starts making her go through like relive her life, like from different chapters. And it starts off her as a kid. And that's when you finally realize like why she's created a sitcom world, because that's what her, her and her family did. They had like, you know, weekly movie night where they would watch classic sitcoms. And that's how they practiced their English grown up Sokovia was watching America sitcoms. And that's what she kind of always did as, as her, it was like her comfort food, like shit's going bad in the world. Let me watch some sitcoms. <laughs> I mean, to go back to a simpler time and place. When I mean, you, you see the, cause you can definitely sympathize with that. Yeah. You see the Stark bomb hitting her house and killing her parents. Like we, they told about in age of Ultron, but then you see like, she kind of stopped it. And you know, Agatha's like, you know, you were basically born with the potential to be a witch. But yeah, so you were doing this stuff kind of out of out of reflex. And then it kind of fast forwards to her uh, joining Hydra and getting exposed to the Mind Stone and Loki's uh, scepter, and basically exor- absorbing a piece of the Mind Stone. And she sees that kind of flash of her future self because, like, was later on when she actually turns full into the Scarlet Witch, she gets kind of the outfit from her her vision, and then like jumps forward to. Uh, after her brother died and she's kind of talking to uh vision and he has that whole thing. You know, she's trying to explain sitcoms to him. He's like, so it's funny because he got hurt. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's funny, funny because do. it's portrayed. He, <laughs> you know, got hurt, but reality, nobody got hurt. And then she, she tries to, she's like, you know, the only thing that make me feel better is seeing my brother. And he, and he goes into this whole thing. He's like, well, I'm kind of new. I don't really have any loved ones to lose. I so I've never felt loss, but you know, is grief is just love, pres- you know, persevering, preser- whatever, you know, continuing on because that's a word I can't pronounce. And kind of you know shows her I guess following for vision and then they jump forward again to kind of the video that Hayward showed where she was supposedly stealing Vision's body. She breaks, she goes into sword and is like I want to see him. And they're like, well, he's $4 billion of, of vibranium. We're not going to let you just put him in the ground. But if you want to say goodbye, go ahead. And, you know, she sees them, like, dissecting But was it him. that simple? Yeah. Because like, I remember I remember seeing glips of Hydra. They were glips. <laughs> but, yeah, the... Uh, dun, dun, dun. You see her finally see his body, and they're, like, tearing him apart, trying to recycle him or whatever, which you'll find out what they're actually doing later on. But she's like, oh, I, there's no life in this. I don't feel him anymore. And she leaves him there. Like, wait a minute. The the video we saw of was her sealing him. That apparently video was bullshit. Because she leaves him there. And she has like, and goes to Westview, New Jersey. Because apparently Vision had bought a house. And was like, hey, this is where we can grow old together. And once there, she just kind of has a emotional break. And this like, all this magic floods out of her. And builds the hex. And kind of resurrects vision spiritually from the energy of the mind stone that's still kind of in her body and, and boosts her powers. And, you know, then Agatha's like, 
you get that kind of flashback of also of what happened to her where she was like a kind of a dangerous witch and all her she practiced the chaos magics yeah they decide that they're going to try to to kill her and she just ends up draining the power from all the other witches and that's kind of how she's survived all this time and you know she's like i'm gonna piss you off so you fight me and i can suck you dry like a like a magic vampire like a magical vampire way to sum it up joe you heard it here first on the cigar nerd podcast (laughs) like a magical vampire and you know the first couple episodes you don't get it because you know most Marvel movies, they've, they're the ones who kind of made the uh, post-credits scene a thing. You don't have to stay for post-credits until like the last three episodes. The last three episodes are the only ones that have post-credits. And in this one, you see, uh, you know, freaking Hayward and the uh, the uh, sword people, like, what they were actually doing was trying to rebuild the vision. And they had this, like, white vision that has no memory of being the vision, and it can be controlled by them. They've basically built a sentient weapon. And they're like, well, we put him back together, but we've never been able to power him up without the Mind Stone. But this drone that Wanda hexed is like kind of infected with chaos magic. We can just drain a little bit of power off of that and fire him right up and use him to go kill Wanda. <laughs> and the plot thickens. In this last episode, you finally get that I guess traditional Marvel action. <laughs> action oh sequences. yeah, dude. Because once the once the action starts, like yeah, the last episode is pretty much all action until yeah. like the last kind of like kind of post. Uh, I mean, you climax, get a minute or uh, two of you know you know just some you know a little bit of story arc and the building, but yeah, by and large, it's like oh. This is how they're going to do Marvel, not on the big screen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because even though it's not big screen Marvel, those action sequences were pretty badass. So, you know, you get, you know, Agatha telling Wanda that she's the Scarlet Witch and trying to to, uh, choke out her children. And so they start having, like, their magic fight. And uh, she's like, you know, hey, just give me your magic and I'll let you keep your little town. What do you think about that? And she's like, eh, I'm going to whack you with a car. And I like that when she goes up to, like, see if he, she killed her. Like, the boots are still there, very much like Wicked Witch of the West. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> uh, but then the White Vision shows up, and she thinks it's her vision, and he comes up and tries to pop her head like a pimple until the real Vision shows up. And I like, because Vision is, like, the smartest motherfucker, because, I mean, he's, like, you know, supercomputer. He fights himself to a standstill and then finally, like, wait a minute, I'm going to kick your ass with logic. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was awesome where it's like, okay, we have the same abilities. So here's the deal. You know things, but those things have been hidden from you. Yeah. yeah and he, he's like, he's like, why are you doing this? Because my programming says I have to kill the vision. He's like, all right, but am I the vision? And he's like, do you, are you familiar with this mind experiment? Something other about a ship. He's like, yes, the ship is in a museum and as it ages parts rots and are replaced with new boards now at a point when there's nothing of the original left is it still the same ship and he's like he's like i you know you have my body but you don't have my memories you know i have memories but there's nothing of the original me left so are we both a vision are we neither a vision and and he's like oh yeah then finally he's like he's like 
we're both vision and not vision. And he's like, well, you know, you're, you know, it's hard to wipe our memories. Can let me unlock you know, your thing. And, and, you know, he, he basically scans downloads his finger his, on yeah. the fingerprint reader, <laughs> <laughs> downloads visions, memories into the bar, you know, reawakens them. And you see him change from like, he had like very robotic eyes. So they turn to like, you know, the regular, almost human eyes that vision has. And then he's like, I am the vision. And fucks off <laughs> and we don't get any record you know kind of what happened to him after he left so i'm assuming that's how they're going to bring you know he, he's gonna have to go fly off somewhere and deal with some like trauma because he just got a big download of shit in his head but i'm assuming he's going to show back up when eventually we get whatever next avengers movie like i was like oh so this whole like resurrecting this whole show is just to resurrect vision and bring him back to the mcu because because we can't let what has died really be dead Nah, hell, I'm fucking Tony and Caps are going to come back at something. <laughs> they're going to figure... No one's ever dead in comic books. And I like when, like, you know, the, they're all fighting... And they, as long as there's money to be made. I guess I that like, should be the caveat. <laughs> she finally opens up the town to release the town folk and see her... That Vision and her kids are a magical creation, so if she breaks the, the wall, they start dying, so she has to close it back up and that's when the military got in. So they're surrounded by the military and they get that cool superhero pose with like vision, Wanda and the kids and, and visions like, we never trained you for this kids, but Wanda's like, but you were born for it. <laughs> and then, uh, he's like, she's like, all right, I'm going to go fight my doppelganger. I'm going to kick this witch's ass. Kids take care of the military. <laughs> and they're like, on it. <laughs> Super speed. We got their guns and stole their hats. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and then Darcy shows back up and like freaking T-Bone's uh, the dick director. He's like, yeah, have fun in prison, asshole. <laughs> and she eventually like, you know, kicks Agatha's ass because she has that, that badass witch battle in the sky where she's like hitting Well, her I with... mean, I thought it was awesome the fact because Agatha can basically absorb, you know, the magic. So she's just like, ah, I just got to piss her off enough. She'll use her magic and eventually I will, you know, absorb all that is Wanda. And yeah, so, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, she drains all the energy, but some of those fireballs are missing her. And then finally she like, you know, ha ha, I have all your energy. And Wanda's all dried up. She's like, now I'm going to kill you. And it's like, oh, nothing's happening. And then all of a sudden, like, Wanda comes back to life. She's like, hey, you notice these runes that you didn't notice I was magicking? Uh, she's like, yeah, you taught me. Thanks for teaching me that. Uh, you're fucked now. Let me have all my power back. <laughs> I appreciate the knowledge. <laughs> yeah. And, like, sucks all her power back and probably got more of the power that, uh, Agatha had stolen, so she goes full Scarlet Witch, gets a whole new badass uniform, and then, you know, decides to free everyone and drop the the Matrix and says goodbye to the the kids in Vision one last time. And then, but we get but this... did did we lose Vision? Well, his we body's out there somewhere. So. so, but I'm assuming he's going to come back at some point. It's more than just the the body now. It is the body and the mind. So, yeah, because when they showed the white vision, I was like, "That's what's going to happen. We're going to have we got Vision's body and Vision's soul, and somehow they're going to put these two together and bring him back." Which I'm assuming we're going to see that later on. And then you get like the cool kind of this this episode. I had two post credit scenes. You get one with kind of wrapping up. Rambo's story where uh you know this agent's like hey they need you in the the theater for a debrief and she goes in the theater and it's like the agent's like yeah I'm a f you know work with a friend of your mother's 
And then she, it's a scroll. And he's like, he heard you got grounded. He wants to talk to you. And she's like, okay, where? And he just, like, just points up. So I'm pretty sure she's heading up to Fury's space station and uh, going to do something with him in upcoming movies. Because now she has some kind of weird powers. And then you get, because Wanda leaves and she's like, I don't understand these powers, but I will. And then like flies off. And then you see her, what looked kind of like the cabin at the end of uh, the Hulk movie, which is like out in the middle of nowhere. And you see her like, you know, enjoying I mean, the sunset dude, on the like, porch and making tea. Went straight up Doctor Strange on yeah. that shit. So yeah, she's all, you know, making a tea, hiding out in this cabin. And then you go back to the bedroom and there she is, the full like astral projection, like Doctor Strange reading the Darkhold and studying all the all the magics and stuff. So yeah, she's going to be a bad motherfucker next time we, <laughs> we see her. And she doesn't go like full bad guy and has to fight Doctor Strange and whatever his, I think his movie's the next one that's supposed to come out either that or the, the black widow movie. But yeah, and the multiverse of madness. <laughs> yeah, dude, like it, it's crazy just how interconnected everything is now. Yeah. And it's like, we're so used to getting two or three Marvel movies a year to go for like two years with no Marvel movies because of COVIDs and the shutdowns and stuff and the delays on production that it's like, Oh man, I, I missed Marvel movies. Well, I mean, I, and I think it does a great job of showing that. Yeah. You know, maybe it's not on a billion dollar, you know, budget. Uh, but dude, I mean, I love the shit out of this. Everybody I've talked to has loved the shit out of it. I mean, it's new, it's fresh, it's different, but you know, the, the source material and just the, yeah, kind of had the a... ability to, you know, bring not just action, but you know, you become emotionally reinvested in everything. Like, I, I don't think they could have pulled it off any better. Yeah, they. Uh... Like I said, watching it week to week, it kind of had a, a weird start because you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" But once you see it in, in its whole, it's like a perfect thing as, as a, a and total. That, and now of, you understand why I don't follow stuff on a week to week basis. <laughs> <laughs> but I gotta say, yo, since, uh, because had I had seen the first couple of episodes, I would have been like, eh, it's cheesy. It's, it's different. What? And I would have just, you know, moved on to something else. And that would have been my loss. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, yeah, it was kind of hard to stick through it for, but yeah, once you saw it in its entirety. It's like, oh man, this is all this makes some kind of sense, and it's pretty awesome. And yeah, you know, we've we'll probably talk about it in a month or two whenever it wraps up. But the other Marvel series, um, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, has started, and it looks to be the more. If you didn't like this, that looks like it's gonna be the more traditional, like Marvel action type show. I mean, there there is some emotional shit in there so far, and I've only seen one episode. But this one has a lot more action so far than, you know, WandaVision, you really didn't get any action until maybe the last two episodes where this like literally starts with an action. Well, I think WandaVision <laughs> was more so let's catch you up on the events and where we are today. It's more of a psychological uh, yeah. show. Yeah. We're Falcon and Winter Soldier. I mean, it was your, the, your, uh, your straight up, uh, sci-fi action. It was the Hannibal Lecter of the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe Silence of the Lambs. So, you know. do you have a uh, a favorite episode of uh, WandaVision, or f yeah, favorite character? I don't know, dude. Like, it's already been said. 
Oh, we, we didn't talk about the, the the fake Quicksilver. Turns out he's you know because there, there's all these theories like, oh my god, they brought in the dude from the X Men. Is this how we get the X Men in the in the MCU? Then you turn out, no, he's just a just a a washed up actor that Agatha's controlling, and his name is Ralph Boner. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that that was pretty cool, uh-huh. um, but. I don't know. I really hope we get, you know, some sort of a, you know, MCU X-Files, you know, something stemming from this. On Jimmy just, Woo needs his own series. Like, absolutely. fucking awesome. And flourish. <laughs> <laughs> I like him as a comedian, too. He's he's pretty damn yeah, funny. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like he's been, uh, uh, oh, fuck, what is his actual name? I keep calling him Jimmy Woo, because that's his character, but, uh, <laughs> uh, I think, uh, what the hell is this, uh... I don't know, I think probably one of my, one of my favorite episodes... Randall Park is, uh, the actor who plays Jimmy Woo. (laughs) I think for me it was probably, I don't know, earlier in the episodes, maybe episode two or three, when they're having to do the, the magic show, because of somebody (laughs) that has, uh, you know, been trying to dabble in cardistry, um... You know, like, just... Yeah, drunk vision is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, dude, he gummed up the works, okay? You, <laughs> you can never gum up the works. And, uh, you know, just watching him actually do said magic, and then Wanda having to be like, oh, shit, I got a cover for... Uh, and there's cables, and, yeah. you know... <laughs> she keeps using her magic to make his magic look fake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And, like, you know, they're so worried about the uppity townspeople and everything else, and it's, you know, the greatest magic show on Earth. <laughs> and I love, the Halloween episode is probably one of my favorite, where, where like I said, just, there's so much old-school comic book references in that, and then it has that kind of, like, dark turn. Dude, you just liked where, her costume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, there's just that kind of darkness at the end. It's like, oh, man, this straight up turned into, like, a horror film by the end of it. <laughs> I was like... That's that's cool as shit. So, uh, thoughts on this, uh... Dude, your, uh, Cigar looks good. Um, you know, definitely... Definitely a good balance between sweet and spice. Um... Like a nice spicy barbecue. Yeah, I mean, it, uh... I think it's priced right. Um, flavor definitely on point. Like I said, I had a powerhouse, and the flavor of this was just a... A nice difference, and the fact that I could still taste the cigar tells me that I don't have COVID, so that's a plus. <laughs> I mean, well, wait, no, I mean, uh, what I was saying is, uh, you know, oftentimes these lighter cigars, uh, you know, something more of a medium, you don't get the impacts of the flavor, but this yeah. thing is such a flavor bomb that, you know, everything came through wonderfully. I concur. Of course you concur. You always <laughs> just concur. And this being a TAA cigar, of course, you're going to get it from your local TAA retailer, or you can probably find them online if you if you look hard enough. But, yeah, so it's that also means it's going to be a limited edition, so grab them while you can. And with that, we'll be all right back. American dreams, caught on fire, we're tearing down the white picket fences. A soldier bleeds and a soldier dies. Have you ever thought the war was a sickness? I'm a son of it, fucked up from it. Casualty, I'm a family because of it. We dare to dream or live to die. Reunited by the truth at the right time. Something's wrong here, or so it seems. Cause I'm not sleeping in American dreams. American 
And we're back. It's time for some science. Wait, are we back or is this a simulation? Fuck. Dude, I blew the kid's mind the other day. I started uh, uh, talking to her about simulation theory. <laughs> I was like, what if we're all in a machine? <laughs> Do you take the red pill or the blue pill? <laughs> that was a whole podcast the other day where they were talking about the whole simulation theory. And I'm like, man, this shit's <laughs> hurt your brain. <laughs> yeah, dude. I think it could literally give you, you know, head splody powers. I'm not sure, but I, I think it could be a thing. And the reason I bring this up is this is the science segment, and simulation theory is a scientific theory. Well, what if, like, people who have, uh, like, psychics or people who are, like, exceptionally good athletes like, or can seem to have, like, skills that your average person doesn't have... What if these are just people using cheat codes? I mean, you know, <laughs> DNA is a code. So let's say that somebody knows how to modify said DNA. I mean, yeah, I mean, because if you, I mean, look, as, as I, if you look at stuff like, you know, down, down, down to like the microscopic level, eventually everything kind of has a pattern, and it's like it's very like mathematical. Here's the one I, I used to to blow her mind. It's like. What if the reason why so many dogs and cats look the same is because there's, like, a limited amount of, like, profiles, and they just keep, like, copy and pasting that shit? <laughs> I mean, could be. I don't know. I was going to, uh, you know, talking about, you know, the DNA and the code and everything else. I mean, think about websites like 23andMe. What if they're just collecting DNA to look at the codes to figure out who's best suited to be modified? Dun, dun, dun. Well, speaking of modifications, <laughs> uh, a woman in the UK is the first, or actually, uh, she's a Dutch actress named Stingen Frensen, is the first person to receive a tattoo from a robot. I mean, so now our Terminator's gonna be making sick ink, yo. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, you know what though? I mean, I get it. Like, you know, there's, you know, there's something about going to a tattoo artist and saying, "Hey, I have this idea," and watching them sketch it out and bring that to life, and then you know, just, you know, make that pop on an individual. Like, to me, it's just, yeah, you know, I'm very, you know, appreciative. I, I wish I could be that artistic. I'm just not. So. Well, this particular robo-tattoo was not actually made by a uh, an AI. It was controlled by an actual artist that was far, far, far away. I mean, they've this is kind of not new. But, I mean, if we're doing robotic surgery? Yeah, that's what I say. Like, you know, surgeons have done, like, you know, controlled robots to do surgery uh, before, so it's... It's nothing uh, really new, and this was kind of a, I guess, a, a publicity stunt uh, in conjunction with uh, T-Mobile Netherlands uh, as a demonstration of its 5G network. And basically, they, you know, built this robot arm that that could work a tattoo gun, and you know, tried it on some some various materials until they figured it was uh, safe for for humans. And then a, you know, tattoo. Uh, let me see, what's this guy's a tattoo artist named uh, Wes Thomas uh, in conjunction with robotics technology Noel Drew uh, basically built this rig where he could uh, 
basically work his uh, tattoo gun on a mannequin arm somewhere far, far away, wherever he lived. And the robotic arm would imitate the moves he was doing with his real tattoo gun, you know, exactly. So now we can do socially distanced tattooing. Yeah, so like, and this would be kind of cool if like, hey, I really want to get a tattoo by this artist that's, you know, in California, you know. Maybe this thing, I say, hey, we can, get, we can go to like the tattoo robot shop, and instead of having to actually go have an appointment with freaking Cat uh, Von D or whatever, you know, we're going to be scheduling <clears throat> appointments with tattoo can, artists the way we would do a surgeon. Yeah, you can like zoom zoom in and get your get your robot tattoo. But I mean, then again, like you know, or what I'm, if instead of having because you know we know tattoo guys and that it's very time consuming. We know a tattoo guy. What if especially stuff with like say non. Uh, original work like flash stuff if the tattoo artist could just kind of upload his designs and then like all right cool let me pick this out and it's already I mean, it programmed into the robot would without not him be having to do it live different than you know like your standard cnc machines or you know something of that nature yeah, like once just... the program's written you can it can be repeated <laughs> i'm gonna get i heart mom <laughs> wait simpsons did it or even like you know gets to a point where like even if it's an original work you know just uploads the or then again, like something the robot that, learns it and then repeats it later on. You know, people that are getting like entire back pieces, stuff that's going to take you know like many hours, or you know where you have to go in, you know, through you know. All right, we've gone as far as we can. Your body and skin needs time to heal before we can resume again. Like, you know, maybe that cuts down on the the many, many, many. You know, it's like. I've been tattooing for 24 hours straight just to get the outline finished. <laughs> and be like, okay, from here we can let the robot take over for, you know, five or six hours, ever how long the individual's willing to, uh, you know, be there. And that's, that's always a thing for me, man. It's like, holy crap, you got like 18 hours invested in the tattoo. I mean, my, well, the ones on my legs took a couple sessions, but... Like the longest single section I've, session I've had is like five hours, so yeah, it's hell. If someone can just kind of complete the design in like one pass and then just upload it to the robot, and then the robot kind of does the multiple sessions. I mean, because where the tattoo is, I I don't know, man. Like, you know, I I've had tattoos where I was like, all right, that one sucks and was kind of pain, but you know, by and large, the most part is actually a pretty relaxing experience for me. So. You know, I could absolutely see myself, like, dozing off. Now, the problem is, like, you know, my arm's going to need to be, like, strapped down or something. That way I'm not, like, trying to scratch behind my ear or something in my sleep. But, uh... You take a nap, you wake up, you got a dick on your forehead, the robot's an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> You've offended me, human. <laughs> well, you know, you ever wanted to be locked in a cave for a month? Uh, not really. <laughs> well, is this, like, a... one of those... Survive in the cave for one month, win a million dollars. <laughs> Naked and Afraid, part two. Uh, no, there's a new experiment going on, uh, this psychological experiment where basically they lock a bunch of people in an isolated place for a number of weeks and see what happens. Uh, see, I could do okay by myself. You just told me 15 other people, they're going to get on my fucking nerves. <laughs> and they've kind of done experiments like this before, the Stanford Prison Experiment, uh... The biosphere. What was this article that we were talking miserably. about? Uh, uh, what is it? My bloody Valentine. <laughs> yeah, getting trapped <laughs> in the, uh, the the mine. Well, a new uh, study called Deep Time is an experiment that just shut 15 people inside of a dark cave for 40 days with no access to natural light or the ability to tell time. 
what could possibly go wrong? They're going to go batshit crazy is what's going to happen. Are they? <laughs> or they're like, well, we got nothing better to do. Let's just fuck each other. <laughs> well, and we've got a 15-person orgy. <laughs> well, it's eight men and seven women. Uh, they were sealed in on March 14th, and they're supposed to spend 40 days in this cave uh, in Arigui, France. And it's basically... Uh, the goal of the experiment is to observe the effects of long-term isolation without any concept of time. In fact, they don't even really have any light source, uh, no phones, no watches, no light source other than a, a, uh, a, a light that has to be basically powered like through a pedal driven dynamo. So if they need electricity or something, someone's going to have to ride the bike and power it up. But for the most part, they're going to be in here. I with... can't find the pooping tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody get on the bike. I got to poop. <laughs> but yeah, you know, and the volunteers are aged 27 to 50. You know, oh yeah, they're definitely uh, fucking. Made up from everyone from school teachers to biologists. All fitted with sensors so they can be monitored by science out, scientists outside the cave. And see how they adapt to living in the dark with, you know no concept of time and they you know they're the kind of the purpose of this experiment by uh uh was like professor Intine Cochin is you know kind of to see how this kind of isolation with no concept of time will help figure out how people on say working on submarines or underground mines or even space travel uh, as longer missions become you know the thing you know, is there some kind of mental detriment to not having any kind of you know concept of like sun's up, sun's down? There's no way to track how long we've been here or uh, well, I what mean, time it actually is. But you kind of so, get that some of those places where you hit the 24 well, hours mean, of sunlight can like fuck you up if you're not used to that. I mean, but then again, like I know, like you see in a lot of the prisons, you know, where they talk about solitary confinement and everything. But then again, it's like, well, I mean, even this, you're. You're obviously confined, and you know there's 40 days, you know. So, does that drive you, like... Or it's one of those things, like, since you don't know what time it is, like, have I been here 30 seconds or 30 days? <laughs> it's like... And you kind of sleep when you want to, I guess. Uh... Wanda? <laughs> Wanda! <laughs> yeah, so they will exit the cave on April 22nd, and if they don't go batshit before then, and have to call off the experiment. All right, six, six of the ladies are pregnant. That or one of those people secretly a cannibal and nobody's going to emerge. Oh, yeah. Do we have a bloody Valentine situation where somebody, like, panics and starts offing people? <laughs> and speaking of uh, panics, uh, and uh, <laughs> a woman went to the hospital thinking she had tuberculosis. You know, the old Doc Holliday, uh, you know, lung lung problems. But, you know... Tuberculosis is a painful disease affecting the lungs, which still kills over a million people per year. And, you know, this uh, this lady uh, who you know went to the hospital complaining of you know, trouble breathing, chest pains, you know, thought she had like some kind of cold, had a cold, fever, mucus, you know, instead of being persistent for like six months. Well, you know, they kept doing tests, could not, you know, test negative for tuberculosis and they finally figured out that she had, in, at some point, inhaled a condom. So, did this take a chest x-ray to collect? I kind of feel like that's one of the very first things when I go to a hospital. They're like, well, let's get an x-ray of the lungs. Yeah, pretty much. Eventually, when they 
did not test uh, for tuberculosis. They decided to scan the chest and found a lesion in the upper right lobe of her lungs. Upon further investigation, it appeared to be an inverted bag-like structure sitting in the bronchius. Uh, they removed the mysterious bag and discovered that it was a condom. Huh. I wonder if this, you know, stemming from one of those stupid TikTok challenges. <laughs> well, apparently, um, her and her husband had been uh, participating in some sucky-sucky when uh, suddenly she uh, had a coughing fit. And apparently during this coughing, coughing fit, she accidentally inhaled the uh, condom and did not realize it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like... I, I don't... I don't know. Like... If anything, it should be an insult to the man. You know, because... <laughs> I've never just had one, like, willingly, like... Alright, don't inhale too hard, because otherwise this fucker's coming <laughs> off. Like... See, Homeboy bought the Magnums wanting to impress his lady, and, and he was not uh, built for the Magnums. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's why I said this needs to be an insult to the guy, you know. So, yeah, apparently this happened, like like I said, she'd been suffering from this from like six months. So, this happened a while ago. <laughs> and just like, did they not, like, hey, where'd that condom go? Did it was ever any, like, huh, I don't, uh. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't remember it. Uh, that that might have been. Some... Yeah, that, that, that's that's kind of why I'm. I think there was a hidden TikTok challenge involved, and, and they just you came know, up with a fucked up cover story. Well, I think maybe she did, where she's like, you know what? I, I, you know, it's not uncommon for when women to give fellatio. That's much better than. Well, I was trying to snort the condom. Apparently, I snorted the condom, but then I swallowed. <laughs> and now it's in my lung. Oh, uh, yeah. This is like the new Tide Pod challenge. <laughs> like, because wasn't there something about that or some shit, you know? I think, I think I've think i seen some someone trying to snort one and then pull it out of their mouth. And, yeah. So, uh... I'm, I'm calling bullshit, you know? Anyone's try, like, trying a new dumb uh, TikTok challenge, uh, yeah, just don't do this, because apparently it will cause a lung infection. And I mean, I'm just... You'll have to go to a hospital. Well, I mean, not that. only the lung infection, but fuck, can you imagine the medical bill? <laughs> like, we just had to do, you know, fucking lung <laughs> surgery because of, uh... Like, Your dumbass swallowed a trojan. Like, I mean, if, it, if there's two people involved and they're both not like, hmm, we had a thing, now we don't have a thing. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of have to call bullshit. Yeah, that one you're like, let's just wait and see because I don't want to have to go to the doctor and explain this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, she know the whole time and she's like, I think I got tuberculosis. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently they already given her... I think I tried to teabag my lung. <laughs> Oh, well, that, you know, <laughs> definitely sucks. <laughs> and with that, we'll be right back. I'm Brittany Petrino, I'm Martha Bartlett, and this is But First, Let's Talk Nerdy. Clink! Oh! How was that? That's going to be our promo. <laughs> Done! Cut it, Kevin! Send it! Bam! But First, Let's Talk Nerdy. It's two nerd girls talking about nerdy things over a couple of drinks. What could go wrong? Part of the ESO Network. And now it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. 
and welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news! And in this rendition of Nerd News, it's going to be serial killer news. Yeah, serial killers! Yay! <laughs> this just increased our lady listenership by yeah. like 9 million. Yo, get me some Frosted Flakes, I'm a straight serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Well, uh, you know, um, I've got a little bit of a fascination. One with a movie franchise by, you know, some folks may know as uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, that's one of those, it's so good. I mean, it's like the, even like the remix, the remix, uh, remake was, was in... Which and, one? Yeah, like normally don't like remakes, but like the Jessica Biel one was was pretty fucking good. It's, yeah, it's like I've not seen a bad Texas Chainsaw movie. Even the ones that are like, you know, unnecessary sequel that's weird as shit, stills pretty fucking good. <laughs> you mean like Texas Chainsaw Massacre three? <laughs> yeah, like that one. <laughs> Hell, even two was weird as shit, but yeah. you know, they were all good. Um. Well, I mean, you know, those films really paved the way for, you know, a lot of horror franchises. And, you know, they did things without, you know, just having the in-your-face gore. And, you know, I, I always love the fact, too, that, you know, they're presented in such a way that, you know, folks still today, with the power of the Internet... Still like, no, man, Texas Chainsaw's based on a real thing. It had a scroller at the front of the movie to tell you that. <laughs> and it's like, all right, folks. Well, if you really want to, you know, get into the sort of history and some of the inspiration behind, um, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre or, you know, even Psycho, uh, based loosely upon... Um, events carried out by a guy by the name of Ed Gein. No, he was not a chainsaw-wielding maniac. He was... But he did like making furniture out of dead people. He did, and, you know, had a very unhealthy obsession with his mother. Um, apparently, they he had a, a, a belt made out of nipples. He that did? That's one of the things I've heard. Yes. Um, you know, he did have, uh, you know, the you know skin mask and whatnot as well, <laughs> so... Um, but the reason that we are talking about Ed Gein is Disney Plus um, is coming out with a new special that, you know, they're airing from their shock docs titled, you know, Ed Gein, The Real Psycho. Yeah, that's um, interesting that, you know, because Disney Plus, other than the Marvel and Star Wars shits, a lot of more family-friendly fare. It's kind of interesting that they're getting into the... The true crime uh, documentaries. Yeah, so, you know, uh, they are going to investigate the killer of Plainfield. Um, Which is actually not in Texas. Yep. Ed Gein was somewhere up north. I can't remember where. Uh, Indiana, was it? No, Wisconsin. Ah. That's why he was called the killer of Plainsfield. Plainsfield, Wisconsin. There you go. Um, we learned something, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, and it's not <laughs> even the science segment. Yay! Woo-hoo. Uh, basically, this is set to, you know, air 60 years after Gein's arrest. Um, I guess there's a film producer and paranormal guest investigator, Steve Shippey, who is a, and a world-renowned psychic medium, Cindy Kaza, will travel to Gein's hometown in Plainsville to conduct investigations um, connected to the killer. Uh Cameras are allowed on the game property where the gruesome evidence was first discovered. And to my knowledge, this has not happened yet. 
Um, they'll meet with local residents who will provide insight and, um, I guess, some never-before-seen artifacts believed to be used by Gein on his victims, probably involving meat hooks. <laughs> oh, wait, he did use meat hooks. Yeah, that's the thing about, you know, people who are fascinated with the series, because Ed Gein is, like, the basis of so many horror films. I mean... Absolutely. I uh, mean, Silence of the Lambs. Psycho, Psycho. Texas Chainsaw. It's like, yeah, it's like... He is inspired of a lot of, uh, but it's you know it's, good fucked up movies. Yeah, and I mean it's it's kind of weird too because you would you know he's not one of the serial killers that has hundreds of kills under his belt. I mean I think but it's one of those his the stuff he did was just so fucked up that yeah it, like <laughs> it kind of captured everyone's you know imagination. and you know it's kind of weird too because like most of the folks were just like. Yeah, he was an oddball, but he babysat my children. You know, he helped around the farm, but he was a pretty good neighbor. You know, until I, he made that you know, lamp out of Stephanie. Yeah, you know, but once, uh, you know, once he cracked, I mean, you know, uh, I guess that was just it. You know, um, and I've seen his tooth. If you're ever in the uh, Pigeon Forge area, there's a crime museum called like Alcatraz East, and they have a whole like serial killer room. And they apparently he had a tooth pulled in prison and mailed it to someone as a gift. Yeah. <laughs> and they have the tooth in the museum. So for Disney Plus subscribers, uh, Ed Gein, The Real Psycho, will be streaming April 9th. Um, kind of a different take than what I, you know, I, I don't know. Like, to me, for some reason, it's always gimmicky when you start bringing in the psychic mediums and everything else. Like, it starts becoming... It's basically Way one of those ghost much. encounter shows. Well, uh. <laughs> my my problem is like I want to see the evidence room. I want to see you know actual like yeah, an actual, you know like, not something where it's like this has never been discovered before because we made it up strictly <laughs> for airing it you know on our streaming service. Yeah, pretty much. It's like yeah, when you start getting into the stuff, like it's one thing you know dealing with actual physical evidence, but when you start bringing in psychics, they're like, oh yes, I I can. I can feel Timmy's spirit, and he's telling me this. I'm like, there's no way to determine whether or not you're full of shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, you know I, and I don't know. You know, I don't want to discount mediums and everything of that nature. But yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a skeptic. You know, I, I I'm gonna call bullshit 99.9 percent .9 of the time, and less, you know, you can prove to me that. All is not bullshit. Um, that's the that's the title of my biography. All is just bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a great book. <laughs> yeah. Damn it! Why didn't you copyright that? <laughs> oh, it is copyright. Never mind. Yeah, copyright, motherfucker. I got that now. I'm not, not going to start writing the book. Uh, but the reason we talk about Ed Gein is to segue into our next few topics. Um, because there's been quite a bit of uh. News on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre front. Um, looks like we are going to actually have our lone survivor returning for an upcoming sequel. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. So um, Sally Hardestry, who was the lone survivor from the original movie, is set to return oh, wow. for the upcoming sequel. The actor has played in character in the 1974 movie. So this Marilyn is a sequel Burns. to the so this original is a, film. Yep. Um, 
And they've so, been doing that a lot lately. But I mean, with, like, she the, did, you know, appear. It was Mike just Myers briefly and, um, and stuff like that. Well, they used her before she passed away um, in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. So um, the role of Sarah has been recast with Mandy and I guess Sea Fever actress Olin Rory or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um. We'll be returning to the screen in the upcoming produced Chainsaw Massacre. The movie is confirmed to be a sequel set a decade after Toby Hooper's original horror classic. So this is going to be 80s era. Yeah, because, I mean, the the original first Texas Chainsaw, you know, um, in 1974, got the Texas Chainsaw Master remake, which was basically them just retelling the story yeah pretty much it you was... know and you know then we had leatherface which just focused on leatherface the killer which they did some weird things with and they had that uh that one with uh arlie ermy the uh texas chainsaw massacre beginnings or whatever there was yeah like which a was the prequel um so this one is truly our only texas chainsaw sequel you know, so I I, I think it's kind of cool that they're going to bring back the the final girl. Um, you know, I'm wondering kind of just what they have uh, in, in store. Um, <laughs> David Blue Garcia, um, Chris Thomas Devlin was the writer. Um, so it says this will return to the roots of Hooper and Kim Hinkle, creation that was considered one of the scariest films of the era. Even though most of the splatter was implied and not shown, the movie will also feature old man Leatherface. Now, we do know that Gunnar Henson has passed away. Yes. So I'm not sure, you know, who old man Leatherface is alluding to. You know, because they've, they've portrayed Leatherface kind of childlike, kind of yeah. slow. Um, well, what's the guy's name? Uh... uh... Kane Hodder, who who played a bunch of the Jason stuff. I mean, yes. he's he's I getting up there in age the... and still got the size to play Leatherface. So if they're going to do an old man Logan version of Leatherface, I mean, bring Kane in. I mean, he's played Jason enough that uh, he knows how to do a <laughs> some slasher shit. Yes, absolutely. And if he's, like I said, of that age that he could play a you know an older Leatherface. So, um. Basically, Fidi Alvarez, who is going to be our producer, um, who did Don't Breathe and Evil Dead, um, some of the details for Old Man, it's, like I said, direct sequel. The Old Man, he said, you know, when the film will be, incorporate practical effects. So everything is classic, old school gags, a lot of the approach that we had with Evil Dead, never vfx to do everything on camera. Um, so this should be very much like the original film. Speaking of which, uh, I discovered something today when I was I had to go to Walmart in an oil change because it was Sunday and nothing's open. They have a toy section in the electronics department that's not in the toy section called Collectibles. And they had an ash uh yeah, action I've figure the ash. they had a couple face. uh they had a couple uh like the shining hannibal lecters yeah they had shining twins they had a couple different versions of hannibal lecter and like a bunch of cool like horror movie action figures if you if you want some of that for your collections hell they even had a spike spiegel like some anime stuff in there too i was like 
Oh, this pretty, I had no idea this shit was in Walmart. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of hidden in the electronics department, but you know, um, it's kind of cool to see some of those horror icons. Um, so we don't have a release date or anything for TCMS or you know, old man Leatherface, but <laughs> something to be excited about, you know, um, for the upcoming Halloween season. Wow. Uh, yeah, see you. As theaters are starting to reopen, we need to get some shit into theaters. <laughs> well, as theaters start to reopen, um, something that... I know AMC is back up and running. Our local theater is not yet, but there's a AMC one town over if we need to <laughs> see something in a theater. But right now, I, I just looked at the, the current lineup, and I'm like, I've not heard of any of these things, and I have no interest to see any of these things yet. But hopefully, some by the time summer hits, the fucking summer movie season will come back, and we can finally see some shit. Well, you're going to see some shit, all right, because we got a new TV spot for Godzilla vs. King Kong. Hell yeah. And it shows these fuckers face-to-face. Godzilla going to spank that monkey. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Maybe. Figuratively. I don't know. You know. Um, dude, just the destruction and the scale and everything else. like, Which I need to break down. I, need, I never saw those new Kong, Kong movies. Was it Skull Island? I think was the the yeah, last. Yeah, I one. mean, I thought they were actually pretty decent. Um, yeah, I need to I need to find those and watch them before this comes out because I've watched all the new Godzilla stuff, but I've I've yet to see the uh, the uh, King Kong movies. Yeah, I mean, dude, and it's got Millie Bobby Brown. We said that she was going to go on to be like a fucking <laughs> yeah, she's superstar. in like star freaking everything nowadays. Um, you yeah. know, hopefully Stranger Things will come back some point this year, but they've not given us any kind we of release date. We got Rebecca Hall from Iron Man three, <laughs> Julian Dennison from Deadpool two. Which was the we finally let the kid watch Stranger Things, and now she's obsessed. And she's like, I, saw, I heard Stranger Things is coming back on my birthday. I'm like, Oh no, child, you're looking at a at an old article that shit's <laughs> been pushed way back. Because <laughs> she's like, Damn it, I want to see Stranger Things. Yeah, we gotta wait till May, dude. <laughs> May 21st, 2021 is when we're going to get to see the big kaijus. And you can see the lizard spake the monkey. Oh, well, that's got delayed again because it was supposed to come out next week. Looks Fuck. like... Uh... Originally it was supposed to be, whatever, March 31st. Let's uh, let's confirm. Because our... that, was, that was the only thing that was going to get me to finally buy HBO Max if I can't see it in theaters. <laughs> I... See, now I'm confused. Because one, one thing says March 25th, another thing says, you know... Yeah, I don't remember what the last ad I saw said, but... <laughs> yeah, like... It, it's coming out soon, that's all we know. <laughs> or soonish, depending on which article you read. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's the interwebs, dude. We can, we can trust nothing. Um, <laughs> let's see here... Yeah, maybe it was just a typo in the the article or something. Cause, I I mean I'm still seeing, I'm still seeing the end of March. Well, I, I just googled it and uh, AMC has showtimes. You can pre-buy tickets for March 31st. Okay, well there's that. So maybe it's uh hopefully we could I can maybe see what that next I've been week. reading all in news is all just complete and utter <laughs> bullshit. Never know. 
looks like HBO, uh, you know, since you brought up HBO Max, is uh, developing three more Game of Thrones spinoff projects. And yeah, I, I, I've not sacrificed the four hours to watch the Snyder Cut, but it's actually getting fairly good reviews online. They're saying, man, this is the thing that should have... Should have happened to begin with. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because I saw the first one once, and I was like, ah, this is... I watched it because we were going to talk about it on the podcast, and I was like, ah, this is this kind of sucks. It's, it's it's okay, but it's not great. So, uh, yeah, hopefully so we maybe the five-hour cut is, uh, <laughs> is going to be better. Or four-hour cut. Whatever. Went straight WandaVision. Nope, I don't like it. Here's your new reality. <laughs> and the reality is... That's all for news, folks. You've been listening to the Cigar Nerds Podcast. <laughs> Check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're also on the ESO Network at ESONetwork.com. You can get your energy drinks at Real Men Smoke Cigars, or energy drinks at StrikeForceEnergy.com. You can get your shirts at RealMenSmokeCigars.com. And use your promo code CigarNerds for 20% off your order at Strikeforce. And with that, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CigarNerdPod. Uh, and with that, flourish! And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.